Midterm Mayhem. Midterm Mayhem. I gotta say, is it weird that I turn that up when the music plays? Is that weird? I turn it up in my headphones. All right, I'm Barry Marks and Gail Bass is with us. We're in uh, for Good afternoon and Chad today. Thanks for joining us. It's Friday. It is Friday, uh, and I have to tell you, with midterm mayhem, uh, just as a, a thought here, coming up at five fifteen, right after the news expansion, Abe Hamaday is going to join us. He's running for attorney general. He's the he's the Republican candidate, uh, and I think he's going to come on and be interviewed by us. I think it's the first time he's done an interview with. Uh, uh, I'll call it a regular news station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, not Steve Bannon's, uh, whatever he calls that podcast he does. So, uh, we're excited to have, uh, Abe come on with us. I appreciate that he's doing that. And, uh, hopefully we'll get some answers to some good questions, get, learn a little bit more about him. So that's the idea today at 515. Uh, but with midterm AM, lots of stuff going on in Arizona, obviously, Gail. And the latest is, uh, the, the clean elections folks that do the debates between the candidates for statewide office. Uh, Katie Hobbs didn't want to do the regular debate with Carrie Lake. They came out today and said, well, they couldn't come to an agreement. There won't be a debate. Carrie Lake is going to get to answer questions on the stage for 30 minutes on her own. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie Hobbs won't be there. Um, you know, folks have different opinions about this. Some some think it's bad if a candidate won't debate. Uh, others have different. What do you think about this? Well, I, I'm just wondering, is the debate so useful after the primaries? Because yeah. you pretty much have the ads that tell you where they're going to go. If we didn't have the ads like we do in social media, like they do in websites, I'm just wondering at this point, even on the presidential level, you know where they stand. You know what they're doing. And to me, it's like, how polished can they be at a debate? Yeah. That's to, that's to me what a debate serves because I know what they're going to answer unless you do like the Bernard Shaw question that he asked Michael Dukakis that many believe <laughs> tanked his campaign. Right. So well, and that's and that's what you want. I, I always remember there was some show. I remember I can't remember what it was on anymore. It was like a news. It was supposed to be like a inside of, of a news station sort of a thing. But mm-hmm. they had a different debate style they wanted to try out, and it was great. Where the candidate can ask follow up questions to the other candidate. Mm-hmm. You can, it, it actually got you to make sure somebody answered the question and really probed and did. There was way there's ways to do it, but the fact is nobody agrees to that. It doesn't work that way. And what we're seeing more and more is what happened with the Republican gubernatorial debate here, where it was just a circus. You're not learning anything. It's just a bunch yeah, of screaming. But see, I don't want to see that again. Exactly. And uh, if you remember the first. Debate, Debate between pre- or, uh, and the against President uh, uh, Trump at the time and President Biden, where Trump just kind of went crazy a little bit, and that that wasn't really enjoyable for anybody. And I don't know if we learned that much. Maybe well, you do. You Maybe you do about, learn. Think about know. how shocking it is to hear a presidential candidate, a former vice president, telling another candidate to shut up. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I thought, where have we devolved? Where we've right. gotten to this point? So I don't and know if you it, learned something from that like or not. It's not like Nixon Kennedy. It's not because yeah. remember, people who were there, people who watched it on TV, thought Kennedy won, but people who listened on the radio yeah. thought Nixon won. Right. So it's, it's like uh, you know. Political. Uh, part of it. No, you're right. It's interesting. I I would much rather see kind of what Katie Hobbs suggested or maybe what we'll see here with with Carrie Lake. I would much rather see a good interviewer ask probing questions, ask follow-ups, not let politicians just filibuster and not answer the question. It's it's one of my pet peeves. I now I interview these people and I know how difficult it can be because they just don't do it. But if you follow up, you follow up, you follow up, you have to stay on them. I would love to see a thirty minute, sixty minute interview with a politician, with every politician, where you just go through no, questions. This is what I want to see. I want to see them answer the question, not pivot and say, What do you think about defense policy? And say right. defense is important, but I want to pivot back to what they just said. I'm like, I don't yeah. we already heard what they just said. Let's, you had thirty seconds to rebut that. Uh 
they ask you about something that I'm specifically interested in, I think they should interview them and then have a town hall where the audience can answer questions, ask them questions as well. I think that's I think I agree with you. I think that'd be a good a good thing. The other thing that came out uh, just recently uh, was Carrie Lake saying that uh, she wants to eliminate the state's income tax. And it's something that Governor Ducey said eight years ago when he ran for governor for the first time. And back then I said, well, lovely. I mean, look, I, I'm like most people. I just soon pay less taxes if that's possible. But oh, yeah. I do appreciate the services that the state provides. And I think that money goes to good use. And frankly, Arizonans, we are not we're fortunate. We're not taxed that high <laughs> compared to a lot of states. Mm-hmm. We so, are not California, y'all. That's for sure. So it's interesting to me when someone says I want to get rid of taxes. It's a great campaign line. But how do you do that? Tell me what where you're either going to get the money from that's going to be you know from some other source or tell me what you're going to cut. Because if you eliminate the income tax, that's the largest source of income for the state of Arizona. Where does the money come from? And, you know, look, we've we've been fortunate because of all the federal covid money that flooded into the state. We had billions and billions of extra dollars and everything seems great. That's going to dry up here pretty quickly. And I don't know what the state's going to look like if we have another mini recession, if things the tax dollars start to go down. What do you do then? Um, but I'd, lo- I'd love to see, again, this is where you have to ask these follow-up questions. I want to see someone ask Carrie Lake, okay, you want to get rid of the income tax or bring it down as close to zero as possible. How do you replace that money? And no one's, I, I wish somebody would ask her that question. Well, the thing is, is I want my taxes. I want to pay taxes to make sure that my roads are taken care of, that right. the police are getting the resources that they need, that teachers and schools are being able to educate our kids. Because my, you know, a lot of people are worried about critical race theory. It's not even taught in schools in Arizona. For, right. So for me, that's not even a non-starter. And seeing that on a political science, I'm like, they don't teach that in schools here. Right. My issue is, why aren't we learning Singapore math? Why aren't we... Uh, advocating with the teachers union and extending the school year because we have shorter school years than other countries and China is about to eat our lunch and steal it if we don't get our kids up in math and up in reading and and all these jobs that people are going to take because we won't be able to do them and we need to get kids in technical education. Oh, Okay. I'm sorry. I, I I sound like I'm running for office yeah, and I'm you do. not. I was but my thing is my thing is I want somebody to say, Hey, let's extend the school year. Let's make it go from one because you know what? Why do we have summer vacation off? Because back in the day people had to go farm. People had to help That's grandpa right. and dad bring in the harvest. Now all you gotta do is go to the grocery store. Oh oh I, the grocery <laughs> store will deliver it. <laughs> well, so yeah. for me, when you're talking about education, don't talk to me about they're too woke. What they need to do is teach math and science and and now they're, you know, the, even science, they're like, well, I don't want to teach you that the earth. They need to learn math and science and how to read. Let's make that number one I educational issue. That other stuff, they won't even have time to worry about that other stuff if they're teaching them math. Gail Bass is here. She's running for I'm governor, sorry, everybody. That, I, I am not. You were fired up. Nope. <laughs> I love I was that. Like, I felt feel very strongly about that. That was it's great. Like, it was like, they're so worried about the wrong things. Yeah. China is going to eat our lunch if we don't educate our kids. And we need to promote, uh, we need to promote, uh, Training programs for electricians. for Because yep. you know what? There's two things people are always going to do. They're always going to use the bathroom and they're always going to die. And so you need to bury them and you need to take care of the plumbing. There are jobs right there. People need to keep the lights on. That's right.
No, you're absolutely right. We should be putting money into that and getting people into those, those schools who Gail want to do Bass, those sorts of things. populist for no office at all. You're ready to go. You are ready to go. It all started here, everybody. Now you know where it all began. All right, coming up, it's five spot. Here's what we need. Uh, we need uh, five uh, people to call in uh, at uh, two. What is this? How does the phone number, Steve? You didn't give me the phone number. 602-277-5827. All right, 602-277-KTAR. Do you think Gail Bash should run for office? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, wait, that's not the question. That'll be the fourth the spot after no. Uh, all right, we need five people to call in, 602-277-5827. We need you to call in if you voted. If you voted in the last uh, a couple of elections, we want you to call in. That's it. If you're a voter, we want you to call in, 602-277-5827. It's the Gatos and Chad Show. Uh, Becky Lynn standing by in the KTR News Center. We'll have an update for you and then back with the five spot. And Chad. All right, welcome to it, everybody. It's the five spot. Uh, Gail Bass is here. I'm Barry Markson in for Gatos and Chad. They're back on Monday. And uh, for today's five spot, uh, we've we, we've got uh, Jim O'Connor, the corporation commissioner. He wants to uh, have a big hearing. He wants to get rid of uh, the voting, as he calls them, the voting machines, the tabulation machines. We don't we don't have voting machines in Arizona, by mm-hmm. the way. You're going to hear. I've heard people people are coming up to me and saying this. Uh, Carrie Lake wants to get rid. She wants to go back to paper ballots and get rid of the voting machines. And it's like we don't have voting machines. And everybody votes on a paper ballot in Arizona. We have that already. Like when you mail it in? Yeah. They don't the, send you a machine right. with your mail-in ballot. We have, we have machines that just count the ballots. That's it. So in any case, uh, Jim O'Connor uh, and then Carrie Lake and Mark Fincham and all these folks, they, they've they sued. Like he, Those folks sued. Carrie Lake and Mark Fincham sued to get rid of uh, the current system of mail-in ballots and early voting and all the things that we in Arizona have done since like 1992. So my question for everybody is, uh, if you've been a voter, do you want to get Get rid of the early mail-in voting that we've been doing for 30 years, or uh, do you want to keep it? Uh, so we're going to get to the phones. Uh, let's go out to Dan. He's in North Phoenix. Hey, Dan. You're on KTAR. Dan, welcome hey, to the program. Good. So, Dan, what do you think? You want to get rid of our current system of early voting, mail-in voting, and go back to where you stand in line and, and vote in a, in a voting place? Listen, it doesn't matter to me. The whole point is to get my vote counted. And if you got time restrictions and stuff, that works with people that have busy lives. Okay? I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care. I, lo- I know that I go and do that every year because it counts. But the point is, is that people with convenience, they just get too used to the convenience of mailing it in. Now, if you go back to the archaic way of standing in line... I don't think the turnout's going to be as as much. And then you're going to have chaos as, oh, I didn't get a chance to do this. And all the excuses start popping up again. And then it's just trying to, okay, let's try to reinvent the wheel again. Yeah, no, Dan, let's you're... back you're, to... Yeah, no, you're right. And it's interesting because uh, I think that's what some people want. Dan's going to be my running mate they when want, I don't run for office they, right there. Folks want less... They want less turnout. They only want the people to that vote. That suppresses the vote. That's exactly what they're looking for. They want less people to vote and because they think their people yeah. will vote. Think about this. Is your boss going to give you a right. few hours off to let you go stand in line. That's exactly Think right. about that. That's exactly right. Ken's out in uh, in Glendale. Hey, Ken. Hey, you guys. How you doing? Good. First of all, you're better than Gables and Chad. <laughs> don't say that. My goodness. That can't be true. But we appreciate the nice thoughts. I don't thoughts. like listening to those guys. I love you guys. <laughs> oh, that's nice of you to say. Thank Stop you. Stop talking about my future stepson like that. Yeah, they'll be back on Monday. But, Ken, what do you, what do you think about this? You want to go back to the, uh, the old standing in line voting, or do you want to keep the mail-in ballots? Well, I'm opposite of the last guy. I actually travel for work, 
So I'm always gone in-state, out-of-state, in-state. I love the mail-in vote because I literally vote at my kitchen table. Yep, that's uh, it is very convenient. It's really fun, and and you get it done right there. Hey, thanks for the call. Let's go to uh, Jorge or George out in Phoenix. Welcome so, to the show. Uh, but by the way, so far, Jorge, the count is two and zero. Oh. Where are you? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm a traditionalist. I'm I voted for for uh, Reagan in 1980 by standing in line, and I think that's the way it should be done. So have you voted Stand in line? Have you voted in person I, ever since then? Ever since then, I've never voted. I've never voted by mail. It's the, the American way. Stand in line. Your employee has to give you time off. It doesn't. It, it's required. So, you know, you, you. I think it would be better to to everybody vote and wait in line, and uh, that way there is no illusion of fraud or there's nothing. Uh, you just go and vote and do your yeah. civic duty, so and do that's you, the way it should be. Do done. you think we should get rid of mail-in balloting, even for the people who do want to keep mailing it in, or? or or you're okay with them doing it? You just want to go ma- vote in person. I I think it should be vote in person. The only exception would be for the elderly. Uh, you know, if you're in in rest homes or whatever, wherever you're at, or you know that that would be the only exception for me. Or and for the military people. All right, Ori. Thanks for the call. Let's go out in Phoenix. Uh, Mario's there. Hey, Mario. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you guys today? Good. Good. How, are you? How are you? Good, good. Uh, my house is divided. Um, me and my daughter, we go in and we we go to the polls. And now my my uh, my wife and my son, they mail theirs in. So I mean, I'm cool with it. It works, you know. I mean, it's fine. Okay. You know, I think it, it helps. I think you know, I think it helps people out that you know that can't go. You know, so I mean, like that one fella said, he travels, you know, for work and whatnot. So he fills it out at his table, mails it in. So. No, my, my question for you though, my question for you is, how is it the American way? Like our previous caller, he said, it's the American way to stand in line and vote. <laughs> it's the American um, way to be able to have the right to vote. What does standing in line symbolize? I'm not going to see you. You're not even in my district. So how is that? How do you think standing? in line makes a difference as as opposed to mailing it in for you me um i i me i just i that's the way i've always done it i've just gone okay. you know i'm able to go early in the morning um because my you know i work early in the morning so i just go before everybody's up and i stand i don't have to wait in line i just walk right in and, and get it done cast my ballot all right mario my way. all right mario so, thanks for the call let's go over to uh, jim in chandler jim uh, you're on ktar Hi. Hey, Jim. Do you want to vote in person, or do you want, are you okay with the mail-in ballots? You know, I used to vote in person all the time, probably until a few elections ago, and I'm a firm believer in progress, and uh, as long as the integrity of the vote and the accuracy of the count is where it needs to be, uh, people should be able to mail in, do whatever they want. There you go. Well, I, I, I agree with you. Well said, uh, Jim. Yeah. Appreciate the phone Thank call. Thank you for your call. All right. Thanks to everybody who called in. Put with a 4 1 there, I think. Uh, yeah, keeping... but not a single person endorsed my non candidacy. <laughs> well, we didn't ask him that. That'll be that'll be the okay. next one. I just thought they'd toss it in. That's going to be coming up next. All right. Becky Lynn, she's standing by in the KTR News Center. We're going to have an update for you coming up here in just a couple of minutes. And then on the other side, Michigan, uh, they're, they're going to vote on something uh, this in November that I think the, uh, those of us in Arizona are going to be voting on very soon as well. It's a big issue. We'll tell you about it next. Uh, it, it's uh, Gail Bass. I'm Barry Markson. It's Gatos and Chad Show. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show, 2 till 6.
All right, welcome back, everybody. Barry Marks and Gail Bass with you, taking you up till 6 o'clock. Sitting in for Gatos and Chad. They're back on Monday. And, uh, Gail, you having fun so far? Everything okay? Uh, everything's fine. Uh, nobody's supporting my non-candidacy. So, oh, you know, there's that's lots. A, that's a bit of a disappointment. There's a lot of support in the building. I'm, I'm more concerned. You said you, you were excited to meet me, and I get that a lot. And then after a few minutes, that wears off fast, I think so. it's great. I Remember, I've already invited <laughs> myself over for one of the high holy days, so that's there's a, that. <laughs> yeah, that going for you. you all the, all the, the food is the best part of the being Jewish. That's the that's absolutely the best part. I can agree. <laughs> All right, so here's what we have. Uh, Michigan, uh, th- this is, uh, I think this is going to come to Arizona, so that's why I want to talk about this. Michigan, um, they had a, a ballot measure they wanted to put on the ballot this year, and in order to do it in Michigan, you have to get approved to kind of a stamp. It's not usually a, let's figure out if we want to get you on, but it's a, they have a commission to look at ballot propositions and make sure they comply with the regulations and stuff, and then they get put on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And the, interestingly enough, the commission has four people on it, not an odd number, but an even number. So like two Republicans and two Democrats. Now, historically, it's kind of a unanimous thing. You know what I mean? You, either you're in violation or you're not. And so they brought this, this abortion issue up. And guess what happened? The two Republicans said... No. no. Yeah. <laughs> and they started saying things like the spacing between the lines on the, on the information thing that people signed to put it on the ballot were... Too close or too far. You apart know what this or, sounds like. You know what that sounds like. This sounds like. That's what it sounds like when somebody has a book report yeah. and they haven't read the book. <laughs> that's exactly what that sounds like. We've recently had a president who kind of spoke off the cuff like that. Right. It's like I don't think somebody did the reading. This sounds like people who didn't do the reading. <laughs> so right. So the the initiative gathered way more signatures than they needed. It was never an issue, but this commission, these two Republicans on the commission, uh, blocked it because they. Said it didn't comply with this little minutia stuff that was silliness. So it ended up going up to the state supreme court. The supreme court uh, chief justice today, uh, Bridget McCormick, uh, she she Bridget Mary McCormick could be a nice Irish person there. I'm not sure, but she came back and said that it's it is ridiculous. She said it's on the ballot. She said the board's prior rejection, uh, as she said, quote was a sad marker of the times. Uh, uh, yeah, she said they would disenfranchise millions of Michiganders. Well, that's how you say it, Michiganders. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because they believe that many uh, thousands of Michiganders who signed the proposal were confused by it, but because they think they have identified a technicality that allows them to do so, a game of gotcha gone very bad. And she went on to, to kind of blast them. So this is going to be, the Supreme Court voted 5-2, to uh, they're on, it's going to be on the ballot. Now I bring this up because what this what this ballot measure will do, if it passes, will give uh, Michigan, it'll, it'll put in the Michigan Constitution uh, the right and protections for abortion. Which we mm-hmm. just saw happen in Kansas as well, and th- some people argue. Um, Chris Mays, who's running for attorney general in Arizona, argues that Arizona's privacy provisions in the Constitution here already provide those rights. Whether or not that's true hasn't been decided by the courts, but you're going to start to see more more courts and more states. Excuse me, putting these things on the ballots and letting people decide. And ballot propositions for me are always because the legislature doesn't deal with an issue the way the people actually want. Mm-hmm. So I think what's going to happen in Arizona, this is my prediction, uh, we are going to have an incredibly conservative legislature next year because mm-hmm. even the few Republicans who were, you might just call them sane, they weren't, they weren't moderate, they were very conservative, but they weren't like crazy. They're gone. And the people that are there and even have replaced other incumbents are full. These are the folks who were in Jan- in marching in January 6th and near or in the in the Congress. These are the folks who are uh, saying the election fraud is there. I mean, that's who is they have. They are populating our legislature next year. So what I think is going to happen is the legislature is going to pass a very, very stringent anti-abortion law. 
like like the 1901 law that some are say is in effect already. And I think the response to that is going to be Arizonans are going to put on the ballot measure for 2024 a constitutional right to abortion. I, I, w- I want to just pe- put them on notice that that is a very chilling effect on business here in Arizona. Because if you think about the businesses who've come out and said, if our employees want to do this, we will pay for them to fly and go get one right. where it, where they need to. And anytime you make some kind of decision like that, like our schools are, uh, I, I heard you say this this week, our schools will be, uh, our schools are not the best right now. We're not in the top in the country for our public education. Right. And then you couple that with an abortion ruling that is very restrictive. There will be domino domino effects. Elections yeah. have consequences in more ways than just banning something that you say, you know, as as a religious person, this is this is not right. Right. No, you're absolutely right, and it, it's something I keep saying that th- this legislature is going to be Republican, and it is going to be extremely uh, extreme conservative. That that ha- that is happening. We're not going to get away from that. So that to me, that makes a gubernatorial race even that much more important. Mm-hmm. If you may like Carrie Lake, but if you if you don't want to have a state that is going back where we were eight years ago to the crazy bills that were coming out of the legislature every week. Let's not big forget SB 1070. That, yeah, and the laughing stock on John Stewart, and, and back then it was David Letterman and whoever else, Jay Leno. Uh, if you don't want to go back to those days where Arizona was a national laughing stock, then you got to give that some thought because Kerry Lake's going to sign those bills. The bills are going to come out of the legislature. Kerry Lake's going to sign those bills. Katie Hobbs isn't, for sure. And that's that's the difference. Can I tell you something? Sure. I went to Vermont for the very first time in my life in October. I was I was there for a wedding and I was like, "Ooh, I'm going to the uh, the family lodge of the Von Trapps and everything. (laughs) And so here I was in Costco and my friend Diane says, oh, my gosh, this is the best. This Costco is better than the one in Arizona. First thing out of some man's mouth. Your senator's crazy. Matter of fact, Arizona's crazy. People have this concept that Arizona is a little wackadoo. Yeah. Well, we've done a much better job over the last eight years. Say what you want about Doug Ducey. He stopped that. Most of the crazy stuff came to a stop. And I don't know what he said to those legislatures, but it stopped. My fear is they're not going to be able to stop it anymore. And Carrie Lake doesn't want to stop it because she's she loves it. She's there with him. All right, coming up. We're going to talk about sports gambling. We're, it's the anniversary, the one-year anniversary of legalized sports gambling, sports betting in Arizona. How much money has the state made? How much? Uh, how many people are doing it? We'll give you the update. That's coming up next. Gail Bass is here. I'm Barry Marks. And in for Gatos and Chad, it's KTAR. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Serious news, seriously entertaining. The Gatos and Chad Show. Hi, welcome back, everybody. Barry Marks and Gail Bass sitting in for the boys here on KTAR. Gatos and Chad back on Monday. Uh, so, Gail, it's, uh, it's anniversary time. It's uh, the one-year anniversary of Arizona sports betting uh, uh-huh. with the apps. And the uh, and now we have places you can actually go and make bets and watch mm-hmm. games. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's very exciting. I, look, I, I enjoy a sports bet once in a while. I don't do it very often. I somehow, if you'd like to think if you made a bet, you'd win and lose 50% of the time, kind of like you'd break even with it. Mm-hmm. I, I somehow managed to not do that. I, I lose considerably more than I- I never lose because I never bet. Well, you see, that's no fun, though. There's no fun in <laughs> not betting. It is fun keeping my money and putting it in the stock market where you have the ups and downs, <laughs> the vagaries of the market to <laughs> make real, you feel like a winner or loser. The stock market's the real gambling, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, joining us now, of course, is our, our sports betting expert, uh, Steve Zinsmeister, big-time sports better. He's a PhD in it, you know. Occasionally living on the streets, but it's worth it for the betting <laughs> possibilities. It all works out. Uh, so, Steve, it's the first anniversary of, uh, of sports betting in Arizona. And I know the numbers are big. How much have we bet? How much of Arizona? 
wagered on sports in the last year legally in Arizona? Yeah, so in the first year, Arizonans wagered over $5 billion. $5 billion. It actually, Arizona was the quickest state ever. It only took 82 days to get to a billion dollars. Wow. 82 days. Yep. Arizona's a top 10 market in the entire country when it comes to sports betting, which is pretty significant for a relatively new state to it. And there's 18 current operators in the state, 25 different facilities where you can make bets legally. It's it's absolutely unbelievable. So here's Mm -hmm. how this works. Now, because we've we've wagered five billion dollars, a lot of that's paid back, right? I mean, people win money too, so you know, they don't keep all that money. Thank goodness. Um, the, you know, generally, you'd like to think with what most of these sports books do, uh, Gail, is they they like to get equal number betting on both sides. They they mm-hmm. if, so they want to get a thousand dollars bet on the Cardinals to win and the spread, and a thousand dollars on the other side because a sports book takes a, what's called a vig. They take a little percentage of each thing, and that's their mm-hmm. profit. They can't lose if they balance it right. They don't lose. So that's what they go for. And the only thing that's taxed is the they tax it. It looks like it's 10% of the profit that they make. And the sports books are allowed to take out of that profit any money they spend to get new customers. Oh. So if they give away free bets, if they do any, anything like that, they get to take that out of the profit. So, for example, uh, back in April, uh, there was about $564 million in bets. Uh, the, we all won back $522 million of that, so it was about $42 million left over. And from that $42 million, guess how much the state got? $1.9 million. That was it. Okay, uh, uh, now I wasn't a math major, but I'm thinking somebody didn't broker a good deal there. Well, and that's the part of this that always amazes me. So you have to think about it. So these these all these gambling things. What what the governor did and the state did is they gave them. They didn't even sell them. They gave them to the existing sports team owners. So the Dimebacks owners, the Cardinals, the Suns, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the Mercury, everybody. Go to, go down the list. Hockey, and they all have. They all get a license, and that the licenses are limited. As Steve said, there's 18 of them. That's it. Mm-hmm. And there might be a couple more coming online. I don't know, but that's it. So they have a ton of value, and these guys are making, this is in April, $40 million in profits a month. A month. Jeez. Oh, and they have to pay back 10% of their profit, but only profit after their other expenses and getting new customers. It's a smoking good deal. And so the state gets not a lot of tax revenue, but... We get to gamble. And so I, I want to know, as, compare that to what they get from tribal money. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other deal. We'll talk about that later on. All right, Becky Lynn, she's standing by in the KTR News Center for the 5 o'clock news expansion. 15 minutes of commercial-free news. Stay with us. Uh, coming up more of the big show.